0: with our myth-busting theme this week. I've already tackled Bob Nutting not being a billionaire. I've already tackled Derek Shelton not really being all that responsible for the lineups that get made on a day-to-day basis. And I'm going after one that really drives me nuts today. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily shot of Pirates comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Nice day for a ball game. Should be a good crowd. No, not at all how it works. Look how few people are in the stands. It's, it's just gorgeous outside and, and. Uh, they called up some kid from the minor leagues that everybody should want to see, and they've won five in a row. Why isn't the stadium packed? I want at this subject with a sledgehammer because none of that is how baseball attendance works, and none of it's really how attendance works in the other non-NFL leagues either. The NFL is its own outlier. All the seats are sold on season tickets or they aren't sold. It's you know, there's eight or nine home games in a regular season. But where baseball is concerned, the men and women who run these teams, not just in Pittsburgh, but all 30 teams will swear to you and show you evidence that there is no such thing as what they refer to as walk-up sales. And they refer to this only because it does exist. It's just a trickle. And it's an invariable trickle. You know what a really, really, really good walk-up sale is? Not just in Pittsburgh, but in any baseball market. A really heavy, wow, we can't believe this many people showed up to buy a ticket on game day. It's no more than 2,000, ever, ever, ever. There are no exceptions to this. Not New York, not Los Angeles, not anywhere. And yes, that applies even now in the era of StubHub and doing everything online or on the app. There just are not many people who commit to going to see a professional sporting event on the day of the game now i can hear you as i say that but i remember doing it with my mom or dad when i was younger and we did it then and sometimes we still do it now yes there are exceptions and when there are you're one of the 1000 maximum 2000 people who do it but it doesn't swing the attendance To any extreme where we would say, wow, lots of people came out today for a ball game. No, they didn't. Those tickets were sold months earlier. The people who did come and the teams that sold them as a result knew months earlier what the attendance would be on that given night. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. There are two ways for Major League Baseball teams to get a nice crowd at a stadium, or actually any crowd at all. One of them is season tickets. The other is group sales. When you talk to executives, even when you talk to just basic sales managers... They will tell you that those values, they're not quite the same. You'd always prefer the season ticket holder. And when I say season ticket holder, I'm not referring to the crazy people who go to all 81 games uh, like I used to when I was younger. I'm referring to. The 40-game plans, the 20-game plans, even the mix-and-match plans, the buy-half-a-dozen plans, or whatever it is, those all get put into the category of season ticket holder. Why? Because they're all purchased in advance. Yes, there is such a thing as buying single-game tickets in advance. It's not something that people do other than for the opener or for select opponents. You know what I'm talking about, like whenever the Yankees are in or... Who else? The Phillies do well when they come here. The Mets have always been a draw, meaning from their own people. They just make a drive over the weekend. Hey, we're going to spend a weekend in Pittsburgh. They they find a hotel downtown and and do the whole thing, go up and down the incline and whatever else here. That's it. That's it. The percentage of a team's ticket sales that occur before the season, I don't have the exact number. But it's a big, big chunk of it. And if it isn't a big, big chunk in general, then you're going to see crowds like what you saw at PNC Park all summer long. The Pirates season ticket base, that's a number that they used to share with me. And then one year they just stopped. But the last time that I was given that number, and this was several years ago, it was below 9000 this was pre-playoffs okay meaning before 2013 2014 2015 but the stadium's pretty much the same size so the point still stands PNC Park holds whatever it is now 36 they lost a few seats with that center field renovation last year so when i'm saying that they have or they had fewer than 9000 season ticket holders I'm not suggesting that they have 9,000 seats sold for every game. I'm saying that that is the addition of all uh, what's known as FSEs in the business, which means full-season equivalent. So if you've sold two half-season plans, you've sold one full-season equivalent. You follow me now? Okay. Well, the number of season ticket holders who are there for all 81 games is less than 1,000. And it's been that for a long time now. And I'm not even getting into pandemic stuff here. I'm just talking about non-pandemic years. It's a trickle. So all the seats that you do see, and this is why people like me will occasionally risk getting our heads bitten off. If we see a Sunday crowd against, let's say, uh, an opponent that never brings any visiting fans in, like the Brewers, If you see a Sunday afternoon game against the Brewers and there's a crowd of 27 or 28,000 there and I know what they started with and I know what the season ticket number was, I feel very comfortable in telling you that that's a really good crowd and that whoever the people are who are selling tickets for the Pirates did a hell of a job considering the product that they have to sell. So what happens when the team is doing really well and you do see attendance rise somewhat gradually? The answer to that, again, this will be echoed in unison by sports executives, is that something that is very good or very bad, but especially very good, will translate to a bump in crowds two weeks out. So if you see the Pirates win 6-7 in a row, or remember when they swept the Dodgers and everyone was like wondering, why didn't they sell out those games against the Diamondbacks that weekend? It just doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. What people will do is they'll get a little excited about the team, they'll look at their calendar, and they'll pick out a date that works for them and their own schedules and their own personal lives, and that tends to be, according to these executives, two weeks out. There, if we had enough of this subject yet, I could do this forever. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Joe Luchak, who... Says DK, enjoying the myth series, the mystery to me most of this past season was why the Pirates kept running almost automatic out Yoshi Tsutsugo into the fourth spot so often played him and his 171 batting average in 50 games. Yeah, and Yoshi still somehow offered so much less than just that statistic, my friend. Uh, Why did they do it? Because they had a $4 million investment in him. And because the previous year, Joe, as you know, he didn't break out until very late in the season. In September, specifically, after the Pirates had picked him up. After not one, but two other teams had already dumped him over the course of that season. One of them being the Rays, who are... So much smarter than everybody else. And I don't even say that sarcastically. I just think they are. And if the Rays give up on you, well, then... He also, of course, was let go by the Dodgers, who aren't exactly run by dummies. They do have a zillion-dollar payroll, but it's a well-run organization. So the Pirates saw him break out late. They saw some things that they liked. They obviously saw enough in his game to offer the one year four million dollar contract that kept him from going into free agency at the time you'll recall that that signing was painted as some sort of concession on yoshi's part where he was going to have to go or he that he was going to embrace the opportunity to prove himself toward a longer deal and he felt like he'd have a good chance to do that in pittsburgh and you know i i I wasn't put off by that notion either. I saw him look like, you know, Willie Stargell for about a month there. And no one else had done that in that uniform over the course of the year. So he looked, you know, like a, like a complete freak. He looked like somebody that if you'd kept him or signed him to a three or four year contract, you would have really hit the jackpot and gotten a player that nobody else had. And all of a sudden he's hitting all these home runs. Well, Give Ben Charrington and his staff credit. Uh, They're smarter than me at this stuff, and they're smarter than most of us for all their failings. And Charrington was the one who offered just one year and at a fairly low rate. Now, why did he keep playing when it was clear to the entire planet that he couldn't? That's because one year and $4 million looks and sounds like one thing to the other 29 teams And it looks and sounds like one thing to the pirates. And they were hoping against hope against hope that if he got hot, even if it was just for a week, that there was going to be someone somewhere who'd value or consider that he had done the same thing the year before and then went on an unbelievable tear for the remainder of the season. Of course, none of this happened, and none of this can really be justified. He played way, way, way too much. Now, the fact that he did it at first base, a position that they really didn't have anybody else, he certainly wasn't blocking anybody. I guess you could throw in as an additional excuse on the pile. But look, this is the winter they ought to go out and get a big-time first baseman. And I'm saying that into the wind. I'm aware of that. They're not going to do that. They're not going to get a really, really good player at first base. They're going to find other stopgaps. I don't know. It's certainly not going to be Yoshi. It might not even be someone at the Yoshi level, but it's going to be something that's more akin to what they did with Daniel Vogelback. hopefully not that late in spring training. They need to get a player over there. They need to get a big-time hitter over there. I appreciate the question, Joe. I appreciate everyone listening The Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.